Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that stands proudly on the bow of the ship called Progress. And today we're looking at how technology is changing the way developers and planners look at London. If you go back 25, 30 years ago, or even perhaps more recently, trying to find the data you needed um, was, was harder. Now, it touch your fingertips on your phone and your tablet. And we'll be asking how big an impact new data will have on how the capital develops. If you Google how many trees are in London, it will come out saying there's roughly 8 million. We have now modelled every tree in London and there's 10.4 million. I'm Guy Ruddle and with me in our real world studio are two people who spend most of their time in a virtual world of 3D plans and computer modelling. Andy Dowding is Director of Master Planning and Urban Design at Savills. Andy, what does Master Planning and Urban Design do? Guy, good to be here. We uh, test development value capacity for clients across the country. I work specifically in London and the South East. Um, so we work at design feasibility, outline detailed design. We so mar- right at the early stages. We're right of- at the early stages of the development process, um, and we're a design-led sort of market-facing, commercial-facing um, design consultancy. And Jamie Holmes is also here. He is CEO of View City. Uh, what is View City, Jamie? So, uh, Guy, we've, we've created a digital model of the whole of London. That's 1,617 square kilometres, modelled to an accuracy of 15 centimetres. Um, and ex- 15 centimetres? 15 centimetres, yes. And and put that into a platform, coupled it with data to allow people to make the best decisions they possibly can around the future change of London. Wow, that's I mean really fifteen centimeters. Yes. So on the roofscapes, that's that's what you need to be. You need to be at that level of accuracy for planning. And w- what's in it? So it's the whole of London as you'd see it today, plus it's all of the consented schemes that have already been approved. So you can. And then a a view of any proposed scheme in context with what's there now and what has already been approved and therefore will be coming. And I should say, by the way, that there is a relationship, right, between you and Savills. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're very, very close with Savills. Savills is an investor in View City. Okay, fine. So we should, that's, you know, full dec- yeah, yeah, yeah. full transparency at the beginning. So now let's get on to the, the, the subject of London and technology. Is London a complicated city? I, I think um, just taking a step backwards, I mean, firstly, the answer is yes. Um, I think our discipline is is really responding to the morphological uh, layers of, of, and the fabric of, of Sorry, what does morphological mean? So it's really combining the tangibles, which I've mentioned already, so the physical environment with the intangibles. So it's thinking of the socioeconomics, the, the layers that are hidden within our everyday lives, so uh, politics, education, um, health, infrastructure, transport, and technology. So it's responding to the, the 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 relationships to all of those different disciplines and ensuring that when we d- design something and deliver something, um, it's actually for the better and it's actually responding to all those parameters. Right. So it's not just what's there now, what's got to come away, where does the underground go, where are the train lines and the sewers and things like that. It's the, it's more sort of almost touchy-feely type it's, stuff. It's, it's the systems of the city. And, of course, what's pivotal to that is, is people and communities and neighbourhoods. So no one building is should be built in isolation. It's actually part of the, its adjacent and surrounding context. It's the urban fabric. Um, so there are lots of parameters to carefully analyse, to stand back from, to stitch back together, to ensure that your intervention is deliverable and operable and sellable. And, Jamie, is it changing a lot? As a city, I mean, I know the sort of the buildings are changing quite a lot. You, know, if you live in London, 
you, know, you see everywhere there's, there's a crane around every corner. Well, it's come up with a new expression: a crane round every <laughs> London, a crane round every corner. Um, but is it changing in the in the in, in what we all demand of it and uh, and things like that? Yeah, massively, really, genuinely. I think it is. I mean, I so I I, I came into the built environment two years ago. I wasn't there from uh, from the beginning, and uh, just in the two years that we've been there and we've been operating, I've seen a huge shift in uh, people's sort of comments around lack of trust, lack of transparency, uh, people's ability to understand. So that's Andy's point about trying to be able to. Um, understand all these different data layers and infrastructure and everything else. But how do you create a narrative around that to tell a story about why should something need to change? You know, we've got a huge demand on on housing, for example, within London. 66,000 houses need to be delivered in every year. Um, and you know, no one wants their buildings built in the backyard. But actually, I think people in general understand a fair process. But I don't think people feel they've got a fair I, process I, I think at the it's moment. It's worth just sort of, if you, if you zoom out to sort of some historic data in the late 90s, that the population of London was around about six and a half, six point seven million. It's currently nine. We're looking at a population of over 10 million, 10.1 or 10.11 in 2036. So that puts huge strain on all of that infrastructure. We know, we, we know about it and we've read about it. So up till now and currently, what role does sort of technology play in getting us, you know, in, in planning and development and things like that? Presumably it's more than, you know, CAD, you know, yeah. and what have you. So I think, I think traditionally it has been. It has been around sort of people working in their own silos. So you've got the architect who's designing something. You've got the developer trying to interpret that. You've got... Councils trying to read drawings and understand that. You've got committee members then trying to make decisions based on on stuff that they really, I think, probably find quite difficult to understand. I think that's how it's been up until fairly recently. But, but you know, as I said, within the last two years, I've seen a massive shift of people saying, how can we get more people involved in the whole process? How can we help people understand what we're trying to what story we're trying to tell around this 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 change and i think we're starting to see particularly the councils at the moment we've got 22 of the 33 councils signed up at view city and they're really starting to embrace this tool as a mechanism to to understand change it's probably just worth mentioning the word we've mentioned i think once or twice is data and i think if you go back 25 30 years ago or even perhaps more recently trying to find the data you needed um was was harder now you touch your fingertips on your phone on your tablet you can pull that data in we've had one you know very uh, good client of ours who was recently saying that um you know he can go away and pull all this data together as quickly as we can but it's sort of the advice that he gets to interpret that data um, and I think that's the real change and transformation that we're undergoing now with the likes of UCity and other pieces of software like BIM and the use of Revit to, to actually articulate and, 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 and find answers very quickly and efficiently. What's BIM? So it's the, really the coordinated uh, process um, of the development of, of buildings and infrastructure. So it's really combining the systems of construction, architecture, mechanical engineering, um, cost products into one piece of manageable software. Um, architects often use Revit. That's the way that we build buildings in one-to-one, three-dimensional scale to combine all those disciplines. So you're not reliant on two-dimensional drawings anymore. You're bringing it into a three-dimensional live-built model. And the sort of sense I'm getting is that what you're really saying is that a lot of this information in one form or another, either data or drawings or whatever, has been out there. Yes. And that it's really a case of bringing it all together in a way that people can understand so they can work with it. Is that right? Absolutely. And work with it, understand it, communicate it, 
and what's and what sort of things do they need to be deciding with it? I mean, you can look at a, a picture of a of a you know we want to build a, a forty story building here and it's going to look like this and 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 from these angles, you've already got that, haven't you? Yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, the, the the sort of visual representation of a design have been around for an awful long time. With sort of artist impressions and sort of accurate surveyed views of of what's being proposed, they've been around for a while now. And by the way, they cost a fortune as well. But um, you know what? What I think sort of adds to the level of distrust, I think, where you go up to sort of public consultation and you have these beautifully sort of artistically rendered drawings of what it's supposed to be. And everyone says, well, of course, you're going to be showing me those views. They're the nice views. But what's it going to look like from behind by the bins? So what we feel within the platform is actually if we can make that completely accessible, Andy's point about putting the BIM model into View City, actually spin it around and say, what does it look like from my bedroom window and what am I going to be impacted? Um, so I think that's a massive change. But also what we do is we also put all of the consented schemes into the into our platform as well. So a great example the other day, one of the councils was uh, uh, meeting with a developer and architect over a scheme that they had supplied a digital model to put into the platform. And actually, if you looked at that model and what they were proposing compared to the normal you know, base model, um, it looked like a big scheme. But if you then turned on what they'd already consented and planned around that, mm. actually they said, no, 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 in context of everything that we've already agreed that is going to be coming, it doesn't look bad at all. And in fact, actually, they agreed to add another 50 units to the development, all of which were affordable housing. Seems to me that everyone's a winner on that one. Other other new things that that you can these days do, either through your platform or other platform, that you couldn't do in the past? I'm thinking of things like... Which was that building that everybody said was very windy, or they, you know, the cars were uh, horns went off, or you know, alarms went off, or something? Well, there was, there was, was it the walkie-talkie. Yeah, the, well, the walkie-talkie had the uh, had solar the glare, solar glare, so it was a sort of con, you know, um, uh, trapping all of the sunlight and then yeah. you know converging it onto a single point, which I think sets some cars alight or something. But yeah, uh, something like don't that. quote me on that one. But um, uh, so, yes, yeah, so, so that's a great example. So we're working with another company at the moment, which which is, so again, would you believe in this day and age that in order to, to do wind assessment, you know, what is the impact? Are we going to knock someone off a push bike if we build this tower next to this tower and this tower? In this day and age, we are still printing out scale models, renting out a wind tunnel, and putting the scale model and a few others' towers around there into the wind tunnel, and with the receptors, which actually are the same size as some other tower blocks, sticking them all into a wind tunnel, then saying whether or not the wind is right or not. Um, so, uh, you know, if you can do all of that through computational fluid dynamics within the platform, you can do it on the fly and change designs and see what happens. Yeah, and, I, 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 th- I think what that does is really um, speed up the, the the development process, and obviously planning can be a a difficult part of the early phases of delivery and, and, and of development and um you know we, we can we can spend weeks or months working on schemes and going back to local authorities and adjusting and tweaking and amending then the, the cost plans are updated and i think when something like wind analysis is then dropped in later on it might have an impact that wasn't perhaps um envisaged you're then going backwards and, and to, to, to then move forwards again so and how it how do you at, at savills use technology i mean a, a, aside from view city which um is a sort of a, a separate thing and a startup 
you must be using the the way you use technology must have changed over a period of time anyway hasn't it i mean i think i think firstly in in design as we've mentioned that 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 has evolved from you know from the launch of autocad 37 years ago into into the revit systems um you know we use gis um a lot on our on our, t- on our townscape analysis which is obviously the, the sort of plugging in and plugging in and um numeric graphic communication of data which is which is a really powerful tool and we're also um, investigating various other platforms that are coming onto the market at the moment, which which could fuse together with View City. What <clears throat> does all the, so, I've got so many questions popping <laughs> into my head? Uh, so let me ask two quick ones because we, we we we've been at it a bit of time. One, wh- where does you know where the drains are fit into this whole thing? Do you know what I mean by that? You know, the, we, we're talking about sort of grand things like yeah. views and things like that, but actually a lot of it's down and dirty. You know, you can't build here because there's a underground line or there's a river or a canal or a drain or whatever. So it, it goes back to what Andy was saying earlier about this GIS, so this sort of information systems graphical, so actually understanding and interpreting data on a map, 2D map. Um so a lot of those layers are owned and managed by TfL and various other sort of highways agencies, etc. Um, I think that that's probably sufficient for most cases. But actually, if you wanted to visualise all of that lot, you could put it into a platform like View City, and that would help. But um, everyone wants us to go underground and all sorts of things. There's lots of shiny objects. I mean, I think, I think establishing those constraints early on is absolutely key. And I think any good development, any good design process, and consultants will will agree. Um, and I think if you've got the software to enable that to happen quite quickly, relatively quickly, and, and again, that isn't just the the site constraints that you can see, like your drains or your your rivers or your underground um, infrastructure. You know, it, it's also the policy constraints as well. And I think the Traffic more flow things like that, the more we can glue all those things together in 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 a sort of more more flexible, um, accessible um, format, um, the better for everybody. <clears throat> what about human beings? Because you know. And I, I know you talk about you know, how, it, how it looks and things like that, but you, in the end, something like well, you know, data, at, or what you do, Jamie, View City, which is computer modelling, they're not really very human, are they? Those two things. How do you make sure that it actually is about human beings in the end of the day? So, so I, I'm not proposing that View City replaces the human interaction. I think for us. We very much see View City as a tool to communicate, and that merely uh, encourages conversation from which we would hope that better decisions are made. I, I think going back to one of my earlier points, you know, we, we run a design-led consultancy. So, um, yes, we utilise um, emerging technologies, more established technologies in, in our work to make things more efficient, um, but it does come back down to the creative process. And what we do is about people you're absolutely right and, and and i mentioned before about buildings being part of the sort of uh, community fabric and, and about people and how they're used and, and become part of that wider context um so you know we always start with a roll of trace and pull our pen out and we and we sketch and we work um, um sketches and designs up which then go into the computer um to be developed um, and we're, we're constantly merging the two pulling things back out but then we, we will then plug it back into view city but then it will come back out again the trace will come back out so it's an iterative uh, process gentlemen that's uh, fascinating thank you very much for that now uh, savile standout statistic you can't do a, a, a real estate insights podcast without a savile standout stat uh, have you both got one ready yes i have guy yeah we do 
Uh, who's going to go first? Uh, Jamie, why don't you go first? Okay, so um, if you Google how many trees are in London, it will come out saying there's roughly 8 million. We have now modelled every tree in London, and there's 10.4 million. That's amazing. That's made my day, actually. That's great. I love that. That's really, really good. What fun. Andy, beat that. Well, this is a, this is a, this is a master planning focus stat, so I hope you're going to be impressed. So from land promotion, feasibility design to outline planning applications, Savile's Urban Design Studio have master planned over 175,000 residential units across the UK in the last four years alone. Wow. That's amazing. So we're pretty busy people. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you. For coming in to do that. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. As I say, gentlemen, thank you both very much for that. Uh, if you want to find out more about this or any other subject, you can go to the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research. I presume that View City has a website as well, Jamie. It does, view.city. View.city right yes brilliant do you have to do www no no one has to do that anymore no, do they, they don't. no i still do though i still you anyway can if you want to yeah <laughs> view.city is their website uh and if you're not already a subscriber to uh a real estate insights then please feel free to become one using your usual podcast provider all sorts of interesting things both coming up and in the past that you can access if you are a subscriber in the meantime thank you very much for listening see you next time This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.